We celebrate this Good Friday in a vastly different way than we ever have before. No generation in U.S. history has ever had to celebrate Good Friday online like this. We're making history. Praise God for this technology, right? I want to encourage all of you that just as God knew what would happen to his one and only son over 2,000 years ago on a cross on a hill called Calvary in Latin and Golgotha in Aramaic, God also knew what would happen to this world in 2020. He knows what will happen tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. Nothing surprises him or rattles him. For those of you who are meeting me for the first time online, I'm Pastor Tony Bowes. I've been the outreach pastor here for 13 years. Glad to have you joining us, especially if this is your first time. I hope we can meet in person when the stay-at-home order is lifted, and I'm certainly looking forward to gathering back together again. What a sweet, sweet reunion it will be. My prayer for your family and for mine during this time of chaos and uncertainty is that we would have the peace of God which surpasses all our understanding, that it would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, as Philippians 4.7 says. Some of you have heard, but others may not yet know, our family was impacted by COVID-19 in March when our daughter was directly exposed to a college professor who tested positive for it. She suffered with all the symptoms herself for almost two weeks. And the Bose family has been living under a strict quarantine and in surreal uncertainty, always wondering in the back of our minds, who's the next person in the family to get it? Praise God, she recovered and no one else in the family showed any symptoms. And these days, as we all suffer from the effects of sin in this world, I pray you would grow, grow closer to Jesus and trust deeper in him than ever before. I pray for God's protection on us, especially those who work directly on the front lines. Thank you. This COVID-19 virus, this pandemic has thrust death at the forefront of our minds, hasn't it? And since death is one of the world's greatest fears, it hasn't been comfortable to see the death toll rise all around the world and in our own community each day, has it? I don't think it's a coincidence for us that the President of the United States said this week, Holy Week, would be the toughest week for our country. The U.S. Surgeon General said this will be our Pearl Harbor moment, our 9-11 moment, but it's not going to be localized. It will be all over the country. It reminds me in our history that in some sense it's like a world war where so many people are impacted, perhaps even someone you know or are related to. I think of our younger generation and how this event will shape their futures. That's why I don't think there's a better time to talk about this topic of death and the hope we have in Jesus than on this Good Friday. Today we remember how death was thrust on Jesus too. Why? Because sin causes death and separation from God. Because God did not want heaven without us. He came down to earth to take our sins and offer himself as a payment for those sins. Jesus is God in the flesh. So if you're a young person listening, it's important to know God wants you to be with him in heaven. So he came to die that you can live forever with him one day. He doesn't want you to live separated from him now or in eternity. The Bible says it this way in Isaiah chapter 53. I'll read certain portions of it. Beginning in verse 4. Surely he has took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. Verse 10. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him, and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. I skip to verse 12. 
Therefore I'll give him a portion among the great, because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Why did God do this? Out of his love for each and every person that has ever lived. Normally we don't celebrate death, but because Jesus died so that we can live, we call it good. Good Friday is a day that we ironically celebrate an important death, Jesus' death. As Christians, we take time to stop and remember Jesus' crucifixion. It's really one of the three most important events in history, Jesus' birth, his death, and his resurrection. Jesus was the most influential person who ever lived. His life, his death, and his resurrection changed history. Today's our day, our time to remember what he accomplished on the cross. And I'm so thankful we have a way to do that collectively in our own homes. We have these moments to remember. But before we focus on Jesus' death on the cross on this Good Friday, I think it's important to consider exactly what death is. Why does it happen? When was the first death in the Bible? What, what happens after death? You see, I pray that knowing these answers biblically will decrease your anxiety and lessen your fear. And I pray it would increase your trust in God Almighty during these unprecedented times. So what exactly is death? It's separation. The Bible describes it as separation from our eternal soul with our mortal body. Ecclesiastes 12.7 says, Dust returns to the ground it came from, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. 2 Corinthians 5.8 describes the separation. St. Paul says, We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. We clearly see in Matthew 10, verse 28, how God designed us with both a physical body and an eternal soul. Jesus said, don't be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Death is when a physical body wears out, it stops working, and physical life on earth ends. What happens after death? Well, Jesus himself tells us in Matthew 25 that souls go either to eternal punishment, that's hell, or to eternal life. That's heaven. For a person who believes in Jesus as their savior, death is just a doorway to walk through, passing from life on earth to being with God forever. Our souls go immediately to God. Why does death happen? Well, we look to the first book of the Bible. Did you know that God did not originally create human beings to die? Death was not his intention when he created the world and mankind. His design was for Adam and Eve and their children and their children to live in the Garden of Eden, enjoy a perfect relationship with him forever. What happened? Adam and Eve disobeyed God and one of the consequences of their sin was death. So we read in Genesis 3 verse 19 when God pronounced consequences on Satan and then to Adam and Eve, he said to them, you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and dust you will return. I love the way the book of Romans summarizes it in chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, that's Adam, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men because all sinned. And later in chapter 6, verse 23, we know the wages of sin is death. Anyone know when the first death occurred in the Bible? Think about it. Sadly, it was only a chapter later in Genesis, after sin entered the world in Genesis 4, when Adam and Eve's son Cain killed his brother Abel out of anger and jealousy. And then what you find starting in Genesis 5 is a repeated phrase that begins throughout the Bible. 
Adam lived a total of 930 years, the Bible says, and then he died. Seth, Adam's son, lived 912 years, and then he died, and then he died. This is not what God wanted to happen to the people he created. But due to their sin and, and our sin, death was the consequence. Each and every person who was ever born would then die. No one lives eternally on earth, and that's actually a good thing. What a miserable existence it would be if we're stuck here living with pain and viruses and disease and evil and temptations. When Adam and Eve sinned and death entered the equation, God started his salvation plan. Why? So there would be a way for our souls to live with him in heaven. The Bible says he doesn't want anyone to perish, but for all to come to repent of their sins. He loves us too much. That's why John 3.16 says, and you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. His love motivated him to put a plan into action to save souls from hell and open up a way for them to be with him in heaven for you and for me. Good Friday was a key moment in this salvation plan. So today we remember Jesus' death on a cross. Good Friday. Why did Jesus have to die? What did his death accomplish? This day is so important to remember because without Jesus' death and shedding of his innocent blood, when our physical lives on earth end, we wouldn't be able to stand before Holy God and think of entering a perfect eternity with Him. We deserve really truly the opposite of that, which is hell, unending separation from God. But Jesus didn't want heaven without us. He wanted us to be with Him. When I prepared for this message, I wondered if death was always on Jesus' mind during His life. Like death is on our minds now, watching the news and seeing the death toll rise. Thinking, what if someone I know loves and gets the virus? What if the worst happens and they die? What, what if I even get it and my life ends? Jesus was likely thinking of his death too. He knew he was born to die. So today we remember Jesus' death on a cross, and I want us to more deeply appreciate how that cross meant separation and suffering for Jesus, and the cross meant substitution for us. Separation, suffering, substitution. First, separation. For anyone not familiar with the events that happened to Jesus on this day over 2,000 years ago, his, his arrest, his trials, crucifixion, and death, you can read about it in these places in the Bible. Matthew chapter 27, Mark 15, Luke 23, John 19. Go ahead and take a moment to write these down or re-watch this message later to look these up. When would, when would we ever find the time really to read these? But at, at home quarantined, it would be a great family activity to do tonight or tomorrow. In these portions of the Bible, we find that when Jesus was dying on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Feel for a moment what Jesus felt. Jesus feels abandoned, left alone. There are some of you watching right now that know what it's like to feel abandoned. The separation, the grief, the pain, it's beyond description. There's some of you have lost a loved one recently to death. Some of you have been abandoned by a parent and that kind of pain stays with you your whole life. You ever get lost or separated from your parents as a child in a crowded place? The panic, the heart beating faster, sweating, scary, lonely, not knowing what to do? Jesus had been fully dependent on his father, always had a perfect, intimate relationship with him, and then for the first time ever was separated from him rejected, left alone to die. Why did God the Father separate from him? Remember, Jesus had lived a sinless life on earth. He was 100% innocent, not deserving of punishment on the cross, yet he willingly went there to fulfill God's plan 
to save souls from hell and open up a way for them to be with him in heaven. God the Father separated himself from Jesus when the world's sin was put on him. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 24 and 25 says it this way. He himself, that's Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the cross. Isaiah 53 puts it this way. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. One of my favorite Bible passages, 2 Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Never before had anything come between Jesus and his Father, but now the sin of the whole world came between them. The curse of sin, its separation from God became a reality to Jesus. It's not that the Father wasn't there, but that he was there as the judge of all the earth. Imagine how agonizing that was for Christ. He was exposed to the curse of the wrath of God on the cross. He was deprived of the grace and presence of God, utterly separated from all blessedness of the Father. Jesus endured that separation from God that you and I deserve because of our sins, and he did it willingly because he loves us. On the cross, God's love and and justice met, and sin was paid for once and for all by Jesus And Jesus experienced the separation that sin causes. The cross meant separation, but it also meant suffering for Jesus. It was not only deeply emotional and spiritual pain of separation, but physically too, excruciating pain, unbearable. 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins. In the same chapter of Isaiah that I read from, Isaiah 53, Isaiah uses these phrases to describe the pain Jesus would endure. He was oppressed and afflicted. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life. Death on a cross would come slowly from asphyxiation, which is not getting enough oxygen due to abnormal breathing and pure exhaustion. Sometimes, depending on how a person was bound to the cross, it might take days to die. The crucified one would not be able to raise himself up to allow his lungs to breathe. Quite a miserable death experience Jesus endured. But in that suffering, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 tells us that, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That joy set before him was you and me. And all who would believe in him as their savior, you were worth it. Separation and suffering were only two aspects of many for Jesus on the cross. He did it out of his love for us and obedience to his heavenly father. Third aspect, substitution. For us on this Good Friday, substitution. That's what it means. Listen to these words from Isaiah again. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. When Christ died on the cross, he took my place and he took yours. This is the great substitution. Jesus died in the place of guilty sinners. It was our sins that placed him there. It was our separation from God that we deserved. It was our suffering that he took on. It was our death he was dying. This is the great substitution, quite a sacrificial act. So I'd like to do this for a moment. Can we take a moment right now? Everyone, would you close your eyes and quiet your hearts? And would you confess to God 
your sin? Would you say to him in the quietness of your hearts, maybe words like this? Heavenly Father, I admit my sin, the ones I know of, the ones I don't even know of. Forgive me for the times I failed to do what I know you want me to do. Forgive me for the ways I've acted contrary to your word, in my thoughts, in my speech, and in my actions. In Jesus' name, I ask it. Amen. Okay, you can open up your eyes now. And it's my privilege as your pastor to say to you these words of grace. You are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The great substitution we benefit from was just not one-sided. He didn't just take all our bad stuff. No, it's even better than that for us. He gave us all his good stuff in the exchange. The Bible says God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus took your sin. You received his righteousness. Jesus was treated as an enemy of God so you could be a friend of God. Jesus was condemned so you could be accepted. Jesus was wounded so you could be healed. Jesus was tormented so you could be comforted. Jesus bore your shame so you could inherit his glory. Jesus entered darkness so you could have eternal light. Jesus wore a crown of thorns so you could wear a crown of glory. Jesus experienced rejection so you would receive a heavenly welcome. Jesus became a curse for you so that we will be able to see the face of God one day. And Jesus closed his eyes in death so you could open your eyes one day in heaven. What a substitute. As believers in Jesus, his separation from the Father and suffering on the cross and his death accomplished substitution for us. When our physical bodies die and our soul moves on to its new residence, we will never again experience pain, sin, viruses, or death. Jesus opened up the way for us to be in heaven. And we will enjoy eternal life with the Lord. Hallelujah. And can I get an amen? Tim, Rick, Robert, can I hear you? Amen. It's absolutely a good Friday. Good for us to focus on death today. Jesus' death brought us spectacular results. And if his death brought all of this, then think about what his resurrection brings. Join us Sunday for Easter worship. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and be gracious to you. Amen? Now, Faith at Home Church, I'd like to conclude our time together by all of us speaking out loud together the Lord's Prayer. Would you please gather everyone together, get the kids too, and let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. I'll give you a little bit to get ready. Kids, can you help me with this? Maybe you can gather in a circle and hold hands together, or just bow your heads and fold your hands. If you don't know the words by memory, you can look at the screen and read the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Are you ready? Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's people say, amen. God bless you all.